I'm Cassie Hilbron, and this is the Cook It Real Good podcast, bringing you shortcuts to success in the kitchen. I am so happy to have you back here for another season of the Cook It Real Good podcast. I must say I've been really holding myself back from releasing this episode early. I I, I was so keen to, but I'm waiting for the release date. And now that it's here, I'm just so happy to be back in the podcasting game. I have enjoyed my little break, sure, but there are so many great episodes coming up that I don't want to wait any longer. I just want to get them into your ears. So today's episode, it's all about how to keep fresh food fresh for longer. I chat with Marissa from marissamore.com. Marissa is a registered dietitian nutritionist living in Atlanta, Georgia. She uses her blog to share mostly vegetarian recipes, credible nutrition information, and a peek into her southern roots. I was lucky enough to meet Marissa on a bus last year at the Everything Food Conference in Utah, and I am so glad that I did because I have learned so much from Marissa already. Recently, she shared an Instagram video about keeping food fresh, and I just knew I had to get her on the podcast to share these tips with you guys. The majority of us are still trying to avoid going to the grocery store as much as we used to pre-COVID. And I know that I'm not the only one who is aiming to reduce food waste as much as possible. This episode will give you so many great ideas to take away and start applying immediately. This week's recipe of the week are my pumpkin fritters. These vegetarian fritters are perfect for fall, right? And they're made with fresh pumpkin and feta cheese. You guys know that I love my fritters and these are getting a serious workout in my kitchen of late. Grab this recipe as well as all the links we discuss in today's episode by heading to the show notes, cookitrealgood.com slash 51. Now let's dive in. Hi Marissa, welcome to the Cook It Real Good podcast. Hi, so excited to be on with you. I'm happy to have you here. Before we get into today's topic, can I ask you, what is your signature dish, the thing that everyone goes, you have to bring that to this potluck or barbecue? I need to know what it is. Ooh, that's a, that's an interesting question. So, because I think I have a couple. So if I said my signature dish, I would probably say my baked salmon cakes because it, um, it's it's like it's what I grew up eating, but then I've kind of just spun it just a little bit to add a few extra veggies, but they're still really, really good. So that's sort of my signature, especially served with a side of grits. But what people I wouldn't bring that to a barbecue though. So right now people are really digging my chickpea pasta salad. It's like a, it has a Mediterranean spin. It has like basil and tomatoes, cucumber, olives, but I'm using chickpea pasta in it and it's perfect for like a picnic or a cookout. Um, or, you know, just you and your family at home. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love the sound of that. I really love Mediterranean flavors, but I've I've actually never tried that chickpea pasta. I need to give it a go. It's actually really good. Um, you know, as a dietitian, 
years ago, the big thing was, oh, let's make sure everybody's doing whole grains and whole grain pasta. That's always, you know, been something that a lot of people would push. But I will be honest, I was never a huge fan of like whole wheat pasta. Um, so most of the time I just do, you know, regular pasta. But I really like the chickpea pasta. It's very, you know, has extra protein in it and fiber. So it's very filling um, and it just has a really nice texture. So I love it. I always find it refreshing to Toshi Immerse because I think that people tend to think like, yeah, you have to like suffer through brown rice or whole grain pasta just because it's healthier (laughs) or supposedly or whatever. (laughs) And I love that you keep it real. Like we can just, we, if you don't like it, you don't have to force yourself to eat it (laughs) because I I like the whole grain pasta. Like I tried it once. I was like, this will be nice. No, it really wasn't. No, it's not. And that's not to say that some people don't love it. I'm sure that there, because those companies still exist, right? So there are people who love it. Um, but I go back and forth between regular white pasta and chickpea pasta, and I'm happy with that. So you have to figure out what works best for you. <laughs> I like that. I really like that. So today we're going to talk about how to keep fresh food fresh longer. I feel like that was like a tongue twist. <laughs> <laughs> But I think this is a really interesting topic. Like at the moment, especially like after going through a global pandemic, a lot of us are trying to avoid going to the grocery store as much as we can. Um, And like when we do go buy enough for say like at least a good week or two to give us some time to stay away from it. And as we're stocking up, we want to make sure that we're making the most of that fresh food that we buy and not letting it go to waste. But on the other hand, it's, relevant always because that is a problem that I've been tackling for a long time is how do I stop wasting food and making the most out of what what I have. I um I mentioned on here a few times that this year my goal was food waste. Like I wanted to make sure that I'm not wasting food um, and using up all those odds and ends and things like that. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to hear your tips on this. And yeah, let's start with... I'm curious about your tips for greens. So let's talk about like those those bagged greens because this is where I get into trouble all the time. I'll buy like a bag of salad leaves and I use them one day and they're okay, but then the next day they're like a soggy mess. Why does this happen? How can I fix this? Yeah. So that honestly is one of my very first tips. So the first thing is to keep the produce, your produce dry, any of it, especially leafy greens. And the thing with those, you know, pre pre packaged salad, um, uh, bags of salad or baby kale or spinach, they tend to hold water in the bag, right? So you have to be very careful. And I actually recommend that when you buy those, you use those up first and you try to use them up usually on the first day. So, you know, if you're going to do a bag of spinach, go ahead and figure out what recipe you can do to use it all up (laughs) at once. Or there's one thing you can do. You can take a clean um, napkin, like a cloth or paper napkin, and put it into the bag to wick away some of the moisture. And that will help to keep your greens dry, which will help to prolong the life of them. Um, You know, the other thing, though, is... I I personally like the bagged greens or the ones in the box. Uh, They just make life easier, right? Versus buying a bunch of spinach and having to wash each one and put it through a salad spinner. Mm -hmm. But if you do that, it does, 
lasts a little longer. You'll find that as long as you can keep the greens dry, they'll last a little bit longer. I love that idea. I've never, never thought to put like a napkin in just to, yeah, take away some of the moisture, but you're right. Like sometimes when you buy those bags, you can already see like <laughs> the water spots all in the bag and it looks like mm-hmm. damp inherently. So that's a really good idea to like watch out for that, but also to be mindful of it when we buy it. Absolutely. Because I think it's because of the change in temperature, you know, from the refrigerator to your car, to your refrigerator, to the counter, you know, there's a lot of kind of going back and forth and that creates that condensation. um, And it causes your greens to go bad really quickly. Are there any other like wet foods that we should try and keep dry when we bring (laughs) them home? Everything really. Um, you know, the one that really comes to mind, um, so it's my summer, your winter, right? Yeah. But here, fresh berries are in season. So all over the place. So we have blackberries and blueberries. Strawberries are on their way out already, but um, those are, they tend to have extra moisture. So you have to be very careful with those as well, because I don't know how many times you've opened up some, you know, berries and found that they were all moldy and you want to cry you know that Um, just happened to me the other day like we have winter strawberries it's a weird thing in my hot climate but I I just bought it like two days ago and they're already moldy I was so sad so I'm interested to hear this (laughs) yeah they definitely hold a lot of moisture so again um so one of my tips in terms of just prolonging the shelf life of your your fresh produce is to really think in terms of what you need to use up first so even though we might think oh, well, we're going to the store once in a week or two weeks, you know, you got to use up your berries early. So using them up early and being careful not to wash them until you're about to eat them. Because if you're adding extra moisture, and that's only going to increase the chances that they'll get moldy. Now, I'll also say that I found, and this is somewhat anecdotal, but I think it's true. Um, when I get berries that are local, they tend to last longer and it makes sense, right? Because if they're traveling from far away, then there's more time for the berries to start to break down and therefore more moisture will, you know, appear on the berries and then there's a better chance for mold. But if they're local and they didn't have to travel as far, it buys us a few extra days. So there is that option. But what I tell people a lot of times, like when I put my dietitian's cap on, like fresh berries are fantastic. And if you can get them when they're in season, go for it. They're cheaper. They taste better. Um, they last longer, but there's nothing wrong with frozen berries. And I don't want to like get too ahead of ourselves, but you can absolutely buy frozen blackberries and strawberries and raspberries and get the same nutrition benefits. So don't be afraid to do that. I love that because yeah, you're right. Like, especially like once those seasons are gone, it's refreshing to know we can still use those frozen berries in things like smoothies or popping them on top of our oatmeal. Um, and then you can kind of like enjoy them all year round. Whereas in the summer months, you're kind of limited to like only what's fresh, but I do like your tip about getting them from local because you're right. If it has had so already come a long way. It's already had all that time to spoil before it gets to you. And you probably only got a good day or two before you can eat them. Mm-hmm. And if you're shopping at, you know, your standard supermarket, just assume that they've, they may have come from a little farther than the, the farm that's 45 minutes from your house. So uh, try to think, okay, well, 
in creating my meals for the week, let's do the salad with the berries tonight. Yeah. <laughs> not, let's not wait until Saturday or, you know, three days from now when they might not be holding up the same. <laughs> now, what, what are like the fresh foods that last longest? So like, yeah, berries tend to spoil quickly. Those salad grains that they can only last like a couple of days, even if we put the napkin in it. But what are like the fresh foods that we can buy that will last a long time? Mm-hmm. So when the pandemic first hit, this was such a popular topic. Um, and I think it's something that we need to just sort of kind of think about all the time, though. Um, so we want to think about hearty vegetables. So, you know, the first few days you're using up those berries and the greens, but then you want to get into those hearty vegetables like cabbage and carrots, potatoes. Those will last for sometimes weeks in the refrigerator, potatoes on the shelf, right? Mm -hmm. But also when we think about fruits, you want to think about citrus fruits and other fruits that have a a thicker peel. Citrus fruits last, again, for at least a couple weeks in the refrigerator. And then, of course, apples. And sometimes we forget, but pears are also um, another longer-lasting fruit. So, those are the ones that you want to buy at the same time as you buy these other ones, but kind of put those in the back of the crisper so that you can reach for those a little bit later. And I find that when I say cabbage, I'm thinking like the red cabbage or um, green cabbage, like the Napa cabbage is going to probably um, not last as long, but we're just thinking about those that will last a little bit longer and think about creative ways to use them up. I've definitely had cabbage that's lasted, as you said, like at least two weeks um, in the crisper being forgotten about. Terrible me. But um, yeah, I find that even if it gets a bit of like, you know, how it starts to get a little, it's not moldy, but say like discoloration on Mm -hmm. like the cut side, I just like slice that off and then on the inside, it's still like perfectly fine. So that's a hot tip for me. To to not not see that discoloration straight away, like throw it out. I mean, there's obviously a difference between like moldy and gross, but yeah, (laughs) sometimes it's just like when you get that cut side, it just doesn't like, that doesn't hold up as long. So yeah, just chop it off. I do the exact same thing because those leaves inside are still perfect. Um, and you know, one of the things I love to do with, with, with cabbage, I like to make like roasted cabbage because, um, you know, salads are great. But again, if you're going to try to eat them quickly, you know, you can roast those up and serve them up with dinner, just sort of like as a, I'm not going to call it a steak because I don't like to call foods that are not steak steaks, but the roasted uh, cabbage wedges are perfect to be able to eat up a lot of cabbage in a little bit of time. Oh, roasting cabbage just makes it so delicious. I'm, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I only discovered this like a few years ago, but it just like, I don't know, it caramelizes and gets like such a lovely like roasting flavor. It's yeah. If you haven't tried it, definitely give it a go. Yes, for sure. Now, when we were talking about apples before, I think that this is something that um, can't, we can sometimes tend to forget is that apples give off this gas that sort of ripens everything else. So can you tell me a bit more about that? <laughs> yes. So apples, um, bananas, avocados, they all give off ethylene gas. And ethylene is perfectly natural, perfectly safe, but it actually helps the fruit to continue to ripen. And 
that's great if you actually want your fruit to ripen, but not so great if you're trying to make it last longer. So you have to be careful about how you store fruits like apples or bananas or avocados, because when you put them close together, they will often ripen a lot faster. So where this becomes more of an issue is in the fridge. When you think, oh, I'm just going to put all my fruits in the fruit crisper, but you don't realize that your apples are ruining everything. So kind of think through that and make sure that you separate them from others if you are trying to make your produce last a little bit longer. That's a really good tip. I um, I, I have used the bananas and avocados together to like ripen each other a little quicker, but you're right. Like if you don't quickly separate them, say like after a day, it goes way too far. <laughs> it does. And I mean, it works really well, especially here. We're at the end of peach season and, um, you know, peaches, they will continue to ripen once they're picked. And that's the way that I end up with really juicy and delicious peaches. You know, I come home from the farmer's market, I put them into a brown bag for a day, really, and then they're perfect. Um, and so that's working for me. But, you know, if I didn't want them to keep ripening so quickly, I just have to keep them separate. So I think that's something that a lot of us do remember or we think about, but we might not know why things are ripening as quickly. Or sometimes we just forget and put everything together and then wonder why, you know, they went bad too quickly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the same thing for, I guess, um, when we're storing things like onions and potatoes, like making sure that they're in a dark place because I've, I've definitely had potatoes that they get like the, that bluish tinge to them like quickly if they're like near the sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that definitely is not good eats. Um, you want to make <laughs> sure that you keep them in the dark um, and they will last for quite some time in a dark and cool place. You know, I like to usually, I just keep them like at the bottom of the pantry um, because that's a cool, dark place in my kitchen, but um, you know, find what works for you and just kind of like, don't forget about them. That's a really good idea. I keep mine in the bottom <laughs> of the pantry now too. I just have to be careful in summer because my pantry can get really hot. <laughs> yeah. And you have to think about those things because everyone's kitchen is a little bit different. Um, and, you know, one thing that we didn't talk about and because we talked about avocados, um, I mentioned avocados, but one thing that I think a lot of people don't realize that with avocados, we usually, of course, say let them ripen on the counter. But once they already feel ripe, you can keep them in the refrigerator. And I find that sometimes people miss that step and end up with overripe avocados. So that's one thing that I use a lot in terms of, you know, if I buy a bag of avocados three or four at a time, I kind of check them every day. It's like taking care of a kid, you know, just <laughs> make sure they're okay. And then if it, once they're ripe, go ahead and put them into the refrigerator so that they last a lot longer. And you can even freeze them, but we can talk about the freezer in a second. I don't want to get too far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I did like that distinction because you're right. Like it's, it's good that we can keep them. So like when we do put them in the fridge, they'll, they'll last a long time at that ripeness. Um, and I, I don't know. I think I'm a weirdo, but I love cold avocados. <laughs> like <laughs> just one of those things like apples and avocados, they have to be cold for me. I'm a, I'm strange like that. <laughs> Well, a cold apple is nice and crisp and lovely, so I totally get that. Avocado, I usually like it to be a little more room temperature, but, you know, we're all different. We get to eat our fruit however we like to eat our fruit. I said I'm strange. I'm very strange. <laughs> 
All right, let's talk about sorting out our fridge. So when we're when we're storing things in the fridge, we won't like keep the apples next to the tomatoes and make everything ripen really quickly. Um, but what about like arranging our fridge so that we like can eat the things that are going to spoil the, the quickest, the soonest? I feel like yeah, that was a tongue so twister. I'll- <laughs> No, I get it. Um, so my recommendation is to use what we like to call or a lot of people call FIFO. So first in, first out. Um, so it takes a little bit of effort um, when you come back from shopping, right? So you have to think, okay, let me put the things that I just bought behind the things that were already here so that the first thing you see is the oldest one. And or the one that you need to eat first. And I, the, the example I like to use, let's say you buy yogurt, you found this wonderful deal on yogurt. You actually should go through the process of looking at the dates and place the ones that are going to expire first in the front so that you just mindlessly grab the ones that are expiring first um, so that you can always have the freshest ones available to you. Um, so that you can, you know, keep it a little bit longer. Same for cheese or any produce, really. If you can kind of think through, okay, what did I buy last? Um, if you happen to buy, you know, carrots one week and then you buy some more, make sure that you put the old ones on top so that you grab those first. So it's very common sense kinds of things, but we don't always think about it, right? But then we end up with limp carrots in the crisper because we keep putting the fresh ones on top <laughs> every time. So you want to just kind of think through organizing your your um, refrigerator that way. And the same goes for the freezer. You know, if you are freezing meats or uh, uh, veggies, there, there are best buy dates for those, right? So the freezer definitely gives us a lot more time and more leeway. But what you don't want to do is to have, you know, frozen fish that you've had in the freezer for a year and you've been using the fish that you continue to buy on top of that. So you really want to think about that and just take a little extra effort to add the new produce or fish or whatever it is you're buying to the bottom of the bag. I love that tip. And it is like, like you said, it's common sense, but when we're just going about our lives and like quickly unpacking (laughs) things from the grocery store, like I I just did it last night. I certainly am not going like, let me just check the date on this and make sure like, so it is, it takes maybe five more minutes, but it's so worth it because I have gotten halfway through an egg carton when I have two in the fridge and realize that the one that I'm using is the one that has like the way longer expiry date. And I'm like, why am I using these ones? I should be using the other ones. So I think it's important for a lot of things, like just check those dates and be aware of it. But you're right about the freezer. Sometimes I've definitely been guilty of pulling things out that have been in there for a very, very long time. (laughs) It's good to do like that regular freezer clean out, check what you've got before going to the grocery store and make use of the things that have been in there for a while. Absolutely. And that, and that is the other tip, right? So making, your meal plans and figuring out what you're going to cook based on what you have on hand. Because often I find that we just get a hankering for something or we might go online to search for a recipe just based on cravings or, you know, whatever might be driving your desire to go to Pinterest that night. Um, Mm -hmm. But 
really looking at, okay, well, what's expiring this week and what can I build around that? You know, um, do I need to use up this chicken? Do I need to use up the salmon that I just bought? Or, oh my gosh, the cauliflower that I bought two days ago, I need to figure out what to do with it. You know, coming up with recipes and meals based on what you have on hand is a great way to reduce the amount of waste um, and your inventory. Because I find that the more inventory we keep in the house, the more we tend to end up forgetting that we have things. And then we end up just having lots of money tied up in food in the house, right? So you mm-hmm. want to be mindful of that because that's like, unfortunately, a good way to to waste as well. That's a really good reminder. Uh, I do know that if I've got like a fully stocked pantry, there's definitely things that get forgotten at the back of it. The same for the fridge and freezer. So it is important to do those little like checks and balances. Like before you go to the shop, do you really need another packet of pasta? You've already got four of them. Probably not. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, for sure. You have to kind of just kind of give that little bit of a, I mean, some people are super organized and they know the inventory of their fridge and their freezer and their pantry. I am not Mm -mm. that person. Um, (laughs) I need a reminder. Yeah, I'm not that person either. (laughs) (laughs) And I think about things like spices in particular, where you're at the store, you're like, oh, do I have oregano? I think I do, but I'm not sure. Let me buy another one. And, you know, then you end up with three jars of oregano. Um, Mm -hmm. And one of them is just not going to be as potent anymore because you can't use up three jars of oregano in, you know, six months or a year. No way. That's a, that is a really good tip. I've, I've definitely done that where I've bought something. I'm like, oh, I've already got this. <laughs> it's always hard around the holidays too. That's when you're yes. like, but most of the time, if you think that you don't have it, you probably don't remember. You probably need it anyway, you know, because it's been a year at the holidays and it's probably not the most potent spice anyway. So just, you know, go ahead and buy it. That's probably like a good, a good reminder as well. Just use this episode to remind you to go through your spice cabinet because there's probably a few spices in there that are well past their expiration date. That happens. I've I've definitely done it before. I've 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 only had like a few years once, but my dad once this was infamous. He cleaned out his pantry and there was one that was from like 1997, and this was like two years ago. So. Don't be like that. Definitely don't be like that. 1997. He wasn't using it anymore, but gosh, (laughs) I don't know how it got stuck in the back there, but yeah, but definitely like that's a relic. Oh my gosh. 1997. That's, that's the most I've, I've done. It's so funny because I've gone through people's pantries before. And I think, I don't know if I've had one from 1997 before. That's pretty, that's going pretty far back. (laughs) That's that's a very long time. (laughs) Now we've kind of alluded to freezing foods a lot. So let's talk about it now. What are your tips for not just obviously making the most of your, your frozen foods, but freezing foods to make sure that we are using them um, and that they're easy to to take out and defrost. Do you have any tips for that? Yes. So there are a lot of things you can freeze. Um, There are some things that maybe you wouldn't want to freeze, like zucchini. It's very high in water. So it's not the best when it comes to freezing. You can. It's just 
the texture is going to be a little weird when, when it comes out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might want to say use it for something like a soup or a stew. And that's kind of the thing that I want people to realize. Like you can freeze a lot of things, but you might have to use it a different way when it comes out of the freezer. So um, don't forget that the freezer is an option. And my tips are to think about how you're going to use them whenever you do pull them out. So if we're thinking about berries, for example, what you would want to do is if you get a bunch of fresh berries right now, um, rinse them and make sure that they're fully dry. And you actually want to put them in a single layer on a sheet pan, a sheet pan that's small enough to fit into your freezer. And then you freeze them solid on that sheet pan. Now, this goes for any fruit that you would want to freeze. So it could be banana slices or um, watermelon cubes, any of those grapes. Those are all the same. Once they're frozen solid, then you can put them into a freezer bag or another freezer-safe container, and you're good to go. Make sure you label it so that you know that these berries were from July 2020 or August 2020. and then, you know, you can kind of keep up with them and make sure, again, that you're using, you know, the ones that are going to expire first. So that's the key, making sure that you freeze them beforehand on in a single layer, because that's going to keep the berries or the whatever fruit you're freezing uh, separate. Because if you take wet berries and put them into the freezer, uh, just in a bag, they're going to freeze into one solid block and you can't do anything with that. Yeah, I've done that before. <laughs> well, most of us have. I think it only takes like the one the one time you're like, wait, what? <laughs> and then I'm getting like a knife to like hack at it to try and get some off. <laughs> so dangerous. Yes, it is. <laughs> and you can break your blade on your blender. So yeah, don't do that. But you but but what I will what I will say, if you find yourself in that situation where you have a block of berries, what you can do is put them into a pot, right? And cook them down, you know, maybe add in some sugar or maple syrup or something to it to make a blueberry or a berry compote so it doesn't go bad and you don't injure yourself trying to hack away a couple berries from the block. That's a really good tip. And oh, that would be so nice and pancakes. Yum. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that and then you have this nice fruity syrup that, you know, it'll last for a couple of days or really up to a week in the fridge. Um, that you can put on, like you said, pancakes and into yogurt or oatmeal and it works really well. I think the other thing that um we sometimes forget and like, ah, oh, this annoys me to no end is like if you buy something like say like chicken or fish or whatever it is, and you're not going to be able to eat it immediately to like, make sure you freeze it straight away. Um, Mm -hmm. because I have on a few occasions, like, yeah, I'll buy like some chicken thighs thinking like, Oh, cook them up. And then like something happens the next day and the next day. And I'm like, Oh no, this is not (laughs) good. good." And I don't want to put it to waste. So yeah, it's, it's good. Like to think of that. And even, I mean, like, even if there's things like chicken and like raw, raw foods where you've got to be like a bit mindful of how long they're in the fridge for, it's better mm-hmm. to just like put them in the freezer and then defrost them, even if it's like only extending it for an extra day than leaving it there and letting it go a little bit sketchy. I agree with you. And this is especially true for fish. Like, if you are not going to cook it the day you bring it home, freeze it right away. You will not regret it. <laughs> yeah, I love that tip. It's it's some, just one of these things. Like, yeah, we'll get home and we'll be like, oh, put this in the fridge for now and deal with it later. And then, yeah, don't do that. 
<laughs> don't, no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> I also wanted to mention there are a few other things that I think um, people are either not sure or they don't realize that they can freeze. And um, the first one would be, and I think people know about this one, but I'll mention it anyway. Um, overripe bananas. Uh, you know, during the pandemic, I think everyone has made a loaf of banana bread. And if they haven't, I'm curious why. Uh, but <laughs> if you didn't get around to making banana bread and you still have speckled bananas and you just never get to it, you know, take the peel off and pop them into the freezer um, because you can use them for smoothies later. You can actually use them for banana bread later. Um, there are different things that you can do with them. The other one that I want to mention would be bread. Uh, a lot of people hate the idea of freezing bread. But I love it. Uh, <laughs> the key, though, is just to slice it beforehand and just plan to use it for toast. That's the way I do it. It's not like you're going to take a piece of frozen bread and have like a sandwich, you know. Um, you might grill a sandwich or put it, you know, there for toast. Or you can even freeze things like brioche to make bread pudding or French toast. Those work really, really well. So don't let that bread go to waste. Don't find yourself tossing a whole loaf of bread because it happens so often. Um, and I hate to see that. And then the other one, the last one that I'll mention that I think people don't realize you can freeze would be like uh, dairy products. Now, these are not ideal to freeze, but if you do have a bunch of yogurt or milk and you know it's going to go bad, I recommend putting it into ice cube trays, freezing the cubes, and then using those for smoothies. They are awesome chips. I'm surprised that anyone is not freezing bread. Like we we never go through like a full loaf between the two of us, like before it would go uh, not just stale, but like unusable. So yeah, I'm always freezing my bread, but you're right. Like it's not great for like fresh sandwiches, but that doesn't matter. Like it's perfect for toast. As you said, grilled, grilled cheese is perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I find that people have an aversion to frozen bread sometimes. And I think it's just because they don't don't know how to use it once it comes out of the freezer. So we just have to let them know. Like there are different different ways that you can use it. Definitely. Now my last question is about fresh herbs. This one is one that I struggle with a lot. I'll buy them and I never use up like a whole bunch before they wilt away and go gross. And I hate <laughs> wasting it. So <laughs> do you have any tips for how I can prolong the life of my herbs? Yes. So this is a big one. And there are so many different ways this can go, right? So here in the summer, of course, we are all growing our basil and our cilantro and, our, and mint and everything. And there's just herbs everywhere. Um, the way that I usually preserve them, I put them in water and I treat them like flowers. <laughs> so I stand them up into just like a mason jar, put water in there, and I make sure I change the water regularly. Um, I will sometimes, I don't always, but usually I'll put them into the refrigerator and sometimes cover them with like a plastic bag. And that really does help them to keep much longer. Um, the other thing, uh, you pr you may have also heard that you can put them into like a wet or a damp uh, paper towel. And that definitely works, but I find that the water method works a little bit longer for me, at least, at least for the humidity inside my house. <laughs> um, and then other ways though, when, 
they were really out of control and you just have too many is to make them into something that'll last longer. So maybe you make it, uh, you know, an, an herb pesto and you can use that pesto for uh, sandwiches and put it on eggs or put it on pasta or on white beans or different things you can do. But if you have extra, you can always freeze the pesto. So we got this whole little circle going on. Um, or you can make an herbal vinaigrette. So maybe you don't have any nuts to make a pesto, but you can blend the herbs with garlic, a little olive oil, some lemon juice or white wine vinegar little seasonings and you'll have this really delicious and easy vinaigrette that you can use up on things throughout the week. Um, so there's lots and lots of ways that you can either use up or preserve your herbs. Um, but yeah, I start with just by putting them in water and once they get out of control, I figure out some kind of way to eat them. <laughs> I love that. I That's the part that I haven't really been thinking of is like the next step. So, you know, yes, try and keep them as fresh as I can for as long as I can, but then how to make sure that I get the most out of them just before they sort of wilt away. So I do like the idea of, yeah, making a pesto, or as you said, like a vinaigrette. I have seen people putting like yeah, basil in olive oil and making like a like a drizzle for salads and mm-hmm. fish and things like that. And I'm like, that's a really good idea, but I just have never gotten into the habit of it. So this is a good reminder. Another one would be, you know, similar to a pesto, like a chimichurri sauce. Um, any of those really heavy oil-based sauces, they'll last a lot longer. And then the other thing that would be really tasty, and you could even give these away as gifts at the holidays, would be to make an herb um, compound butter. Oh, yum. <laughs> that would be really good on the frozen bread toasted. <laughs> Yes, we're just going to have a meal of frozen foods. We're going to raid our freezer for all the frozen treats. Yes, so yeah, just just finding ways to, one, um, keep them fresh, but then once they get out of hand, they keep growing, finding ways to use them up. Um, Because they do really add a lot of flavor and nutrition, and I just love having them around. I really do. And mint goes really well in mojitos, if you didn't know. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. I didn't know that. (laughs) Well, I have loved all of these tips. There's a few that I have not been doing that I really need to make sure that I start. Is there any other last minute tips that you have for getting the most of our fresh food that you think that people would really benefit from knowing? You know, one one thing that I will say, and I'm going to mention this because it's something that I forget and something that I want to do a little better with, is that one other option that we often forget about is to find a way to either pickle or ferment extra vegetables or fruits, right? So especially right now, it's the summer and, you know, we have a ton of cucumbers and zucchini and soon there'll be cauliflower and, you know, onions are always around, but you know, we don't think that maybe we could just put them in a jar (laughs) and save them for later. So red onions in particular, you can pickle those simply by just adding in some vinegar and sugar and salt and putting them into the refrigerator. You know, so think outside of the ways that we typically think of saving foods and go back to maybe pickling a few, you know, that's something to explore um, that I think is a fun kind of learning experience, but a great way to save if you, you know, if you find yourself with extra produce this time of year. 
It's funny. I've been seeing a lot of like quick pickles popping up like here, there and everywhere. And I think it's kind of getting like a resurgence of, um, you know, popularity and people really thinking about, um, not just like making it, but ways to use it. But I love what you said about the, the red onion. Like I, I find like red onions, the kind of thing, like if I'm making a salad, I'll use a little bit of it, but then I don't want the rest of it to go to waste. So as you said, I, I, I do do that, that quick pickling of it with some, some like red wine vinegar and some sugar and salt. Um, love using those on like other salads or like sandwiches, tacos, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it just takes a little bit of like rethinking about how we're going to put that to use. Exactly. Exactly. And I love the idea of, um, you said the, the red onions, they go on everything, you yes. know, like I, I have them in the fridge now all the time. And I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I've really enjoyed our chat. Could you let my listeners know where they can find you? Yes. So I am everywhere at Marissa Moore. <laughs> so Marissa with one S, M-A-R-I-S-A, Moore, dot com, and also on Instagram under the same name. And I'll make sure all of those um, links are in the show notes. And um, I'll also, have you got the baked salmon cakes and the chickpea pasta salad on the blog? I do. I yes. do. I'll make sure that those <laughs> links are because they sound so good. They are so good. I kind of want to make some salmon patties tonight. Oh. <laughs> now you're just being mean. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. This was so much fun. I'm so glad we got a chance to chat. How many good tips were in that episode? I feel like even listening back to it now, I have a mind full of ideas of things that I need to do. And I already have started implementing some since Marissa and I recorded this episode, but now I've got even more fresh ideas that I want to go and do. Um, but what I think is probably the most important takeaway from today's episode, guys, is that we should be checking our spice cabinets, right? <laughs> Can everyone please do me a solid and not tell my dad that I share that information with you? <laughs> I'm sure he'd be mortified that I did. All right. Well, before I go, I just want to let you guys know about a new segment that I have coming up on the podcast, and that is the cooking hotline. And if you follow me on socials, you definitely would have seen it already. And if you're not following me on socials, at least go to Instagram now and follow Cook It Real Good so that you know all these episodes coming up. What I would like is any of your cooking questions in voice memo form. So what that means is opening up the voice memo app on your phone, recording who you are, where you're from, and a quick question. I'm not talking about personal details. You don't have to tell me what your last name or your address, <laughs> just like your first name, your city, your state, wherever you're from, and your cooking question. Your cooking question can be as simple or as difficult as you'd like. And if I can't answer the question, guess what? I'm going to get someone on the podcast who can. So I do definitely want to feature these voice memos, which is why I'm asking for them in voice memo form so I can play them on upcoming podcast episodes. I feel like I'm mixing my words up now. Um, so yeah, if you'd love to participate, please send your voice memo to Cassie, C-A-S-S-I-E at cookitrealgood.com. Um, yeah, perfect. Thank you guys so much. That's it from me. I hope you have a great week and don't just cook, cook it real good. Bye.